Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor's I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the uh, cardinal my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town with goals down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. Welcome into the All 22 Podcast. I'm Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's beautiful outside. Ray's got me in here recording a podcast. I actually am sitting here in a bathing suit. Like I'm ready to go. Ray. How are you? You, 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 are, you are not. Uh, I'm doing awesome. It is Memorial Day weekend. It kind of smells like summer, which is which is awesome, right? Just the first that first just sort of whiff of the of the summer air burgers on the grill steaks chicken all that good stuff it's it's pretty awesome and uh before we know it it'll it'll probably be training camp towards the end of summer so enjoy the summer but like i'm cool if it if it goes pretty quickly here too because i'm i'm ready for some football like like i always am no 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 let's enjoy this let's enjoy this nice weather i actually have a baseball game tonight i was telling ray so like i'm a terrible baseball player but the first game of the season, which is the only game I've gone to, I got two hits. So I'm batting like 600 and uh, like I'm leading the team in batting average. So I might just quit and like never played another game just so that I uh, go out on top. You know? Yes, please do. Just do it. <laughs> just do the Barry Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to show up to this game. I'm going to get a hit. I'm just going to like salute everybody and walk off and just leave. Yeah. Go eat a hot dog. Well, if you do it, if you do it in game, it has to be Antonio Brown. If you do it in game, <laughs> take my Antonio shirt Brown. off. <laughs> yes yeah. all right cool 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 i like it um but everybody thank you so much for tuning in today as of may 22nd we are live for new signups i know you've been waiting we see that uh that wait list was growing all of you can now sign up and we have a really special offer so you can use promo code season two for 40 dollars off of the first year of your all 22 membership so that is a huge deal we've never done anything like this before an extended period of time where we're saying you get access to all 22 for $9.99. So what does that include? That includes access to unlimited leagues in all 22, both public and private. So even if you don't have seven, eight, nine friends that want to do this with you, you can go get a taste by joining a public league, go play with some strangers. And remember, these are people doing the same thing you're doing, right? They're interested in the most advanced fantasy football game ever existed, and they're going to be really into it. So you don't have to worry about people signing up, not being into it. They're, play, they're paying money to play this too. They want to play this, this intense game. So they're going to be into it. So go do that. If you, even if you're thinking about it, just go sign up, um, check it out, join a public league, do a draft, uh, and sign up. So what other things are included in this, right? So you get access to weekly player stats from PFF, weekly player grades from PFF, um, you get all 22 player rankings, right? We have our player rankings in there that we've talked about a little bit on our podcast, but you can see it all on our website uh, when you sign in. Uh, you get access to premium articles and analysis that uh, Bobby is leading, all 22 Bobby. So you're going to see a lot of his articles every once in a while. I'll tune in. Uh, I can't spell, so just a heads up on that. Uh, you'll get access to our podcast, which you can see here for free. You'll be able to continue getting it for free, but you can see it on our freemium content site as well. Uh, but what is all 22, right? It is 53-man rosters. It is depth charts. It's 11 offensive and defensive starters. It's punters and kickers. We have auto substitution. We have personnel packages. Um, we also have email drafts now. So you're used to doing a slow draft. We have that now. It's in beta, so there might be you know a little bit of growing pains, but get in there, try it out. Again, it's a great new feature. We also have the mock draft tool, which is free. You don't have to sign up to do that. So if you want to get a taste and you're really not sure, Go do the mock draft. See if you like it. We have updated rankings in there, including rookies. So, uh, yeah, you're going to get a real feel of how things are going to be, be done in All-22. Uh, remember, this is primarily meant to be a dynasty format, but you don't have to. We now have where if a commissioner starts a league and you're not sure if you want to play it because you're not sure if you're really into this whole dynasty thing, you're not sure if you're into All-22, look in the comments. They might say, they might say this is a one-year league. We want to play for one year. We're all new players. We want to test this out. You can do that. You can start a league. You can add that comment and make sure that the people you're playing with are on the same page as you. This is meant to be dynasty, but you can do season long as well. Uh, we have dynamic in-game messaging. 
We have news that is a pull from Twitter with all of the best analysts talking about these players. So our player news is unique like nothing you've ever seen before. We have league chat. We have uh, historical league data. So you can see it past years, how players have performed. Um, because this is new to you, you might be a little confused. No need to be. We have that data, data there for you now. So you can see past years to help help you make your decisions. Um, and then, yeah, we have injury statuses as well. So really unique game, like nothing you've ever seen before. Ray, I just said a lot of words. Is there anything specific that you want to point out about our offering? Yeah. I mean, as you, you said it all, I mean, it's, if you, if you go in and you look at our player page, it's really the most immersive just sort of uh, analysis and, and all the information you will need to make any sort of player personnel decisions, weekly game plan decisions. It's everything you need to build and strategize for your team moving forward. Uh, we're super excited about the player page and all the information that contains that's easy for you to sort of also digest and make decisions off of. So we're super excited about it. So yeah, go in there, check it out. The response so far has been awesome. Uh, I'm already in uh, at literally, I think two dozen leagues, if not more, created another one uh, just last week as we kick things off and it filled up like in a, in a jiffy, right? Whoever says that anymore. And so, yeah, the response has been great. Uh, we're super excited uh, to have you here. And yeah, don't forget to use the promo code below if you're interested in checking it out. And we're glad to have you. Yes. And the only other thing I'll point out, right? So if you played last year and there were some things that you didn't love, you, you, you provided us feedback, right? We sought that out after the season. We asked for people to tell us what did you like, what didn't you like? And we took that to heart, right? So we've gone through most of the site and we re redesigned a lot of stuff to make the experience better for you. You're going to see that right away when you go to join a league, right? The information that, that you're seeing is so different. Um, like I was talking about before, the commissioner notes, that's all new. We want to make this a better experience for you. The draft center, right? So that was, that was probably the biggest thing we got feedback on. People loved the draft center, but people were so excited to tell us what else we could do to make it even better. And we did all of those things. So if you go to the draft center now, it's a completely new experience with data just busting at the seams. And it's all there for you after you sign up for all 22. So again, we're really excited to have you in here. Um, so yeah, so do that. Uh, sign up with uh, promo code. You can see it on the screen, season two. Uh, and that gives you 80% off, $40 off uh, the first year of your membership with all 22. Okay. Love it. So with that, um, let's jump to the next thing, right? So Sam and Steve, they're doing something really unique, really cool. They basically said, in the next few years, we, we are likely to see the NFL create some expansion teams. You see Roger Goodell just got a new deal extending him, I think, to 2027. And we think that in, in mind, the NFL said, he's going to be the guy that's going to go get us these expansion teams. He's going to help us do that and expand the NFL. Sam and Steve wanted to get out ahead of that a little bit and show the users what it's going to look like when that eventually happens. So they started, each of them started an expansion team. They went through like a full draft. They did a round of free agency. Um, and then they, they got to pick, handpick players off of teams, just like the NFL would do if they were doing expansion teams, right? So if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I can say, here are the guys that I'm willing to part ways with. Maybe they have big contracts and they're older players with injury history. I think David Bakhtiari was part of this, right? So like he's a player like that, that a team might be willing to part with. And then you might also just like the, the guys that are like borderline roster guys, you might put them up. So Sam and Steve went through each team and they went back and forth picking guys that they wanted for their team to make these expansion teams. It was a really cool exercise, Ray. Did, what did you think about it? Yeah, that's uh, that's really hard, actually. When when you put all the rules together for an expansion team and, and just see the available player pool, it's really hard to build a good team <laughs> under those confines. But yeah, it's it's really cool uh, to see and just kind of have, have their teams broken out here, which we're going to dive into in just a minute. But um, even then, I mean, even with all the confines of an NFL expansion team and the rules you have to follow and the restrictions that you have in place, you still, once you put that team together, you look and there's some, there's some pockets of pretty exciting players and, and upside to look forward to, uh, in the future that sort of, you know, get the juices flowing. And again, like I said, at the start of this podcast, summer's cool, but kind of ready for football already. You're wild. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a super cool exercise. The reason we are talking about it today on our podcast is because we have volunteered to host their teams on the all 22 site. So 
that we are going to follow along their teams, taking them through. Sam and Steve are going to sign on to our platform. They're going to manage the teams. They're going to go in week to week. They're going to set a lineup so that we know who they're starting. And then we're going to let it grade out, right? So in all 22, um, you, you put together a 22-man starting lineup plus punter and kicker. We're going to see how these two teams perform against each other over the course of the year. And again, because this is Dynasty, we could actually track this over the next few years. Um, chances are they're probably going to have the first and second pick of the draft next year. So uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a cool exercise. But Ray, uh, we did we did grade their teams right. So just based off of the results of their drafts, what did the platform think? Yeah, all twenty two believes that uh, Sam Monson drafted a pretty markedly better team than than Steve. Um, so, and with that in mind, neither grade is particularly awesome, right? So for those of you listening who may have done so already, either, um, tried out just the mock draft tool, which then spits out a grade for you when you build your own team to see how you grade out on both offense and defense. And then, uh, overall as a roster. So normally you'll get a grade in the mid seventies or so, uh, give or take. Right. And so again, with the restrictions of an expansion team, uh, <laughs> these grades are probably going to be more in the fifties or sixties, right? So, um, for on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the London Mon- Monarchs, which is Sam Monson's team graded at a 61.4, uh, using a two tight end sort of base formation there, uh, with the cheat code Taysom Hill, uh, and Albert O on either side at tight end. Uh, and then on defense, a 58 using a, a a nickel format, which is pretty much the most popular format here uh, on the platform, as opposed to Steve's uh, North Reading Hornets. And that is not Reading, Pennsylvania. That is, I guess, a place in Massachusetts. So uh, for whatever that's worth. But um, that uh, offensive grade is uh, in the 40s, 48.9 uh, on offense with a 56.4 grade on defense. So, uh, the 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 platform pretty decidedly likes Sam's team overall, but I do think they might be underselling um, uh, Steve's team just quite a bit here, right? I think the if you listen to their podcast, the, the PFF NFL Pod, when they were putting this exercise together, Steve's kind of going for the the upside of the failed projects, if you will, right? So you look at his defense, a lot of former first-round picks that may not have panned out or played as well as uh, you would have liked, right? You have Darnell Savage, um, you have Isaiah Simmons, guys like that with with some upside. And then uh, Javon, Javon Kinlaw is another. Yep, exactly. So you have, you have those guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball that were – liked by NFL and talent evaluators once upon a time, right? So, and they're still relatively young. So is there anything there to tap into that, you know, can allow him to sort of perform higher than the initial prognostications? Big word. It's a real word. Look it up, Chris. Uh, yes, they, I, I think there is some there, right? I like, I like Bryce Hall at corner as well. Uh, Noah Igbenogany, another one, another former first rounder at corner. So there's pockets of talent and upside there. And when you look at both of these teams, I think the big thing is regardless of sort of how they're grading uh, overall, right? I mean, uh, Sam's team, they have uh, CJ Stroud at core. Uh, sorry, CJ Stroud, um, Bryce Young at quarterback. Steve's got uh, CJ Stroud. So really it all comes down to those, those rookie quarterbacks, right? Those are the franchise guys. Are they hits or are they not? Um, if you hit on quarterback, then you can go ahead and build the pieces up around them over the lifespan of, of that franchise uh, quarterback's career. And you have a successful franchise. So it pretty much all comes down to that. So there's pockets of upside there, but it all comes down to the quarterback, which is what we see in this platform when you look at their weights and how that's increased over time and how the game is just sort of moving forward in that direction. One thing I really like, so yes, they both went and got their quarterbacks. You know me, I've spoken about C.J. Stroud. I loved him uh, out of college. I actually had him slightly above Bryce Young, although I think both of them are great quarterbacks. So they got both of those guys. So they're starting out with fr- potential franchise quarterbacks, and that's a, that's a huge win. But I think what we're underselling, which is, again, a huge part of the All-22 platform, is they went and both said, the most important thing I'm going to do besides get that rookie quarterback is I'm going to build an offensive line that's going to protect them. You look at Sam's offensive line with Bakiari, who, when healthy, is a top five tackle. He's he's the left tackle that Bryce Young is going to play behind. 
They went and got my boy, Steve Avila, which again, great, love that. He, they also, ha- also has Bradley Bozeman, Isaac Sumalo, and Makai Becton. So he has a, like left to right, he has a strong offensive line. There's not a weakness there. That's potentially a top 12 offensive line in the NFL, just starting out, right? So that offense can be a problem from year one with a quarterback like Bryce Young. You look at Steve's team, the North Reading Hornets, and he did the same thing. So he has Orlando Brown Jr., Bradley Christensen, uh, Doug Kramer, Kevin Zeitler, and Rob Havenstein. Like he has a good offensive line. And I think Steve was trying to do a little bit more. Let me get guys that are going to be under control for a little bit longer, where Sam said, I just want guys that are going to go and be starters, right? doesn't matter if they're one-year or five-year guys, um, but they both went and protected their quarterback. So, you know, when you're building your All-22 team, you're probably going to want to do something similar, right? It's it's a huge part of the grading in All-22 is that offensive line. Yeah, it, it's, it, it all just goes back to, again, how the platform itself really mirrors what teams are trying to do on the field. And so, of course, quarterback is the biggest sort of factor week to week as far as winning games are concerned, right? Oftentimes it's going to come down to is your franchise quarterback playing like a franchise quarterback or is he not? But then when you have a unit like the offensive line, if you are deep and have high quality starters, those performances add up across that entire unit. And that can also often make the difference week to week. So um, again, it's just sort of what they're building here for the actual game is what is mirrored on the platform here. And it sort of reflects that in how they built their team. And then ultimately how, you know, how things would play out moving forward in a scenario like this. Yeah, for sure. I Uh, also like the Corey Davis pick. I feel like sometimes Steve is on an Island there. I've always liked Corey Davis. Um, Maybe not as, as much as he does as far as calling him hall of famer, but I've always liked the pick and, and yeah, hope he does well. I did take Corey Davis over Patrick Mahomes in a rookie draft dynasty draft. And, you know, to this day, I still roster Corey Davis just because he was my boy. So I'm with, I'm with Steve all the way. Uh, but we, that is so bad. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. I took him over Christian McCaffrey. I took him over Deshaun Watson. Oh I took You're him making over... it worse. Yeah, no, it was, it was awful. I was in love with Corey Davis, small school guy. I was like, this is Jerry Rice. It's just going to be Jerry Rice. And I think Steve to this day says that Corey Davis is going to be a hall of famer. So I'm just waiting for that to happen. Cool. Yeah. Recent news. So you could, you, you, if you join a league, you might end up playing against uh, Chris if he if he does what I did and kind of joins a few leagues here or there that are just popping up now. So if you see what what he's all about, you might have a good chance of stacking up some wins. Yeah, doubt it. Um, doubt it. How's that work for you against me? It's worked out great. My plan is going flawlessly. I tanked, got Trevor Lawrence waited for the stench of urban Meyer to sort of, you know, subside and get out of Jacksonville. And now I'm off to a huge run. I, I have uh, nine offensive tackles on my roster right now, and they're all starters and all high upside starters. I think the worst one might be the only old one, which is David Bakhtiari, who you just spoke about a few minutes ago. So when you have nobody to block for your quarterback in this platform, and you have to send me a mammoth trade for one, I'm just going to come out on top even further. So, yeah. This is a good this is a good way to kick off the recent news because my quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, who led me to back to back to back championships. Yep, I'm gonna just put that out there on the air, just so everybody knows. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, traded to the Jets. I was a little unsure, you know, how he was gonna perform. Uh, is it an upgrade to the Packers? I think the Packers have had one of the best offensive lines supporting Aaron Rodgers for the entirety of his career. He goes to the Jets who have a good offensive line, but until Makai Becton comes back healthy, I don't necessarily love it. Like, I don't think it's like a can't miss situation for Rodgers. I don't. Um, but he shows up to a m- rookie minicamp and he already has an injury. Uh, is it something we should be concerned about? No, no. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's funny. I don't think any injuries to Rodgers would concern me, right? I mean, especially Knock at this time wood. of year. But, uh, I'm more concerned about if there are any injuries to someone like a Garrett Wilson, right? Who's a player that he hasn't had since he lost Devontae Adams, because you see in his grading when he has just one, just one high level target at receiver 
Aaron Rodgers plays at an MVP level. He grades at an MVP level, 90 plus, uh, you know, top of the top of the position. And then when he doesn't, he kind of comes crashing down to earth. He was the 14th highest graded quarterback last year with again, what Christian Watson kind of leading the way. And I like Christian Watson, right? He's got upside and all that good stuff, but without a premier weapon, his grade kind of suffers and he goes back to the middle of the pack. Whereas with a top flight option at receiver, he's tops of the league. So, uh, a calf strain in, in May doesn't bother me too much. The whole chemistry thing is that's, that's not a big deal to me right now. It's just a matter of, are those weapons going to be there and healthy for him? And as long as they are, I'm not terribly concerned. A bit of a caveat to what you just said. Uh, so like you said, he had Christian Watson last year, but if you notice, they didn't really get going together till like week seven or week eight or something like that. And you can say it was a rookie learning, but I think it was more Rogers typically does not show up in the off season to put in work with the young players. So uh, the injury doesn't really surprise me where he's like missing time. And I love Aaron Rodgers, but it's just kind of like his MO not to like put in the work in the off season. So yes, he has these good weapons that he's going to go play with, but how long is it going to take for him to have chemistry with them to, to really bring out the best out of everybody? Could be, could be five weeks. Garrett Wilson might be a special player. So maybe it's not as long of a, of a transition, but I do think that there's still a transition that's going to happen before that Jets offense starts clicking. You call it a transition, but he had, I mean, he was playing with, he being Garrett Wilson was dealing with what Zach Wilson and then just a carousel of just bad quarterback play last year and still put up great numbers and, and, and great metrics overall and efficiency. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I think, I think by, by August 15th, the chemistry will be just fine. Okay. I hope you're right. As Aaron Rodgers uh, enthusiast, I hope you're right. Let's move to a different quarterback. So there's been some kind of strange news surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, do I want to start with just the Raiders and their dysfunction overall or just sort of jump right in? I mean, I think we all know that the Raiders the last few years have just kind of been a mess uh, and even when they have pockets of success, it's kind of like, it just feels like it's all manufactured and kind of held together with bubble gum and duct tape. And, and the, the recent years of just poor drafting has really started to catch up with that, the state and health of that roster. And then you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who they recently signed, <clears throat> who has still this lingering foot issue that apparently won't be healthy until training camp. And I think to quote uh, Josh McDaniels, it should be healthy by training camp. Uh, but a story came out today in The Athletic uh, that states that there's a clause in Jimmy Garoppolo's contract where there is a waiver absolving the Raiders of any further obligation from Jimmy G if uh, he ultimately can't uh, pass a physical or this this foot continues to be an issue and he ultimately has to be released. Um, I'm not the, the, the legalese guy or super contract expert here, but to have a clause in the contract specifically regarding this injury and then to have it still be an issue just doesn't give good vibes and bode well overall for the future of Jimmy G and this franchise. And we're not even in June yet. Right. So, um, it was always kind of a, 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 not a weird signing, but not something that excited, um, Raiders fans overall or something that really moved the needle for that team. It was always seen as sort of a, a bridge until they can draft a franchise guy, uh, in the next you know year or two. And perhaps this accelerates that process even further. It, just cloud some doubt as to whether or not Jimmy G is going to be the starter week one or even on the roster. Um, you know, it, this clause wasn't put in there by accident and we're seeing it's still an issue. So how it plays out, you know, we can't accurately predict or hundred uh, percent say with certainty how it will end up, but it's not a good start. <laughs> is it just accelerating the tank for someone like Caleb Williams? Are we going to see someone like uh, who's the backup? Chris, you were just, you were just talking him up as if he was like some, some big deal or something that I should pay attention to before we started recording. But do I mean, do they, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. The, the Purdue uh, quarterback who's like 25 years old already as a, as a rookie. And yeah, I mean, do you, do you see Aiden O'Connell under center to start the year? And, and then, you know, in 2024, there's just someone completely different, obviously at that point, 
I don't know. I mean, as a Raiders fan, if, if I were a Raiders fan, do I want that? Do I want to just accelerate the tanking process? The division's a gauntlet. You know you're not really going anywhere this year, so why not just sort of start it early, start the tank early? Who? Why would you want to win four games with a veteran quarterback and end up picking third instead of first in a draft that has Caleb Williams at the top of the quarterback position? Yeah, and I don't know if it speaks more to the Raiders' dysfunction or Josh McDaniels. It seems like a kind of a weird thing with him too, right? Like he goes to both coaching situations where he the team is bought into him, goes and spends a ton of money, and he just blows it, right? Like absolutely ruins things. I think it says something when you ruin a relationship with a quarterback, release him, and he goes and gets a $150 million deal, right? So like you could blame Derek Carr all you want. A team thought, like multiple teams thought enough of him to offer him huge contracts, right? That's one, right? So do I want to then say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback. And if I'm choosing between Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo in an all 22 platform, hopefully you don't have to do that because you have somebody better. <laughs> but if you do, are you really going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo over a guy like Derek Carr? My answer is no, just because the Raiders did does not mean I would do that. I would invest in Derek Carr, but it also, you have to think about Devonte Adams, right? Like he is frustrated. He has talked about this publicly. Like he's frustrated in the organization what they're doing. He was a huge fan of Derek Carr's, right? They went to college together. They're buddies and they just dumped him. That's the only reason he went to the Raiders was to play with Derek Carr and they dump him and he's super unhappy. So, you know, what does that mean for, for Devonte Adams? Is he going to play? Is he going to, is he going to show up? Is he going to play? Is he going to play hard? Does he want out of there? Like what happens with him? There's already rumors flying around that they're going to trade Hunter Renfro. Um, it's just a weird situation, right? Like guys that uh, should be doing well for them, should have been just like locks for that franchise as leaders, just unhappy and getting out of town. So in all 22, I'm probably just avoiding the Raiders altogether. Like unless, again, you want to just roster Aiden O'Connell as like your fifth quarterback or fourth quarterback because you're taking a chance. Great. I think otherwise, just just leave the Raiders offense alone. Uh, obviously, defense, Max Crosby's the man, so don't don't ignore him. But just about everything else, I'd probably just walk away. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're taking anyone from that, franchise it's got to be someone that is not situation dependent and uh like a running back is for example like a josh jacobs that is dependent on the offensive line performance and sort of the offense as a whole um so yeah i would i guess it would just be max crosby maybe if you're a believer in trayvon morig and think that you know his down year last year was i don't know second year blues and he's gonna you know a sophomore slump and he's gonna go back to sort of his rookie form where he was a top 25 safety overall in the league then maybe trayvon morig uh, as well but outside of that i'm pretty much avoiding the raiders in totality and and i think you touched on it too i, I didn't mention it but yeah i i don't think mcdaniels is is long for that franchise anyway i think 12 months from now they have a new coach with a new quarterback and yeah, going they're going in a whole new direction and are you know starting a multi-year rebuild. Right. So let's move on to another disgruntled employee that recently uh, got dropped from his team, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins, uh, there was a lot of rumors that he wanted to be traded to a team that was on a winning trajectory with a stud quarterback, and it didn't happen. Uh, you look at his age, you look at his injury history, you look at that contract, and it makes sense that no team wanted to spend a draft pick to go get a guy and take on that kind of commitment. Instead, the Cardinal, Cardinals decided to eat $22.5 million uh, all in year one, so there'll be no dead money in year two. They take on that huge risk in year one because they're essentially saying we're tanking, right? I think that's what the, what we're getting from the Cardinals. So it's likely that whoever has pick 1-1 one, one next year is not getting the Raiders quarterback. They're probably getting the Cardinals quarterback, which will be really interesting and will – stir the pot with what like what's going to happen with Kyler Murray is he going to be playing baseball who knows really with that guy um but what does it mean for DeAndre Hopkins now I guess he gets a fresh start um he's been sort of you know marred by injuries the last couple of years now he gets to pick where he wants to go what situation fits him best and see if it's you know sort of a revival of his career he's going to be 31 years old this year I'm always dubious about that because I think the cliff comes quick and is someone going to be stuck holding a late stage Julio Jones if they sign Hopkins to a, you know, to a deal this, this off season. I don't think 
I don't think quite that bad, but there is some, some risk there or concern, if you will, just because over the last two years, he's had a hamstring strain, an MCL tear, and then in 2022, another hamstring strain, and then another knee sprain. So two years in a row of hamstring and knee injuries as he gets older, it, it almost seems to follow the path of that Julio Jones type um, trajectory where as he gets older, he, the, 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 just sort of the, the aches and pains and the, and the injuries in the lower body just start adding up. And then when you finally get him sort of beyond those injuries, you have just, just an old player who just doesn't have the juice anymore. I don't think we're there yet with Deandre Hopkins. And I think getting to pick his situation here is, is helpful for his 2023 prospects, but it's certainly not a long-term investment, um, for at least in my opinion, for an NFL team or an all 22 team, if you're looking to pick him up based on, you know, some sort of bump on his new situation, wherever he ends up signing. Yeah. There's a bit of risk, right? Because it was only, it was only a year ago that he was grading close to an 80 a year before that high eighties. Right. And that's, that's the dip we've seen, but is it due to injury, right? Because he really only has one year of poor grading, and that's last year. Like the last three weeks were all like 60 and 50s. Like that's that's not what you want, but is it due to injury? Was he coming back trying to make a run with Kyler, trying to do something there? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he might have tried to come back a little too soon. But what is he after that, right? What is he going forward? Does it depend? Will he get some kind of some new juice when he's catching passes from Josh Allen, if that's where he ends up going, or Dak? Like, Maybe, right? So like I'm I'm about buying him as a one-year gamble. Uh, if you have him, like and you're rostering him, you definitely keep him. You definitely keep him on your depth chart. He can be your fourth guy just sitting there. And then whenever he's healthy, you're gonna start him. You're always gonna start him. But I think if you're looking to trade for a guy like that, that's sorry, I have a screaming beagle. Um, that's where I think it gets a little interesting. It's do I think he's worth a top three round pick? I don't think so. I probably wouldn't mm -hmm. unless you're unless you are clearly the winning team of the league, right? Like you are sure that you're going to be the league winner or you're going to come in like second place, right? Like you're that good, which means you're going to have pick 11 or 12 and that third round pick is pick 36. Maybe in that situation you say, "Okay, this is my missing piece. I need to go get it and secure it so that I could win this championship." Maybe. Maybe that's what you do. I think otherwise you're looking at a fifth, sixth round investment if he's if he's taking you where you think you're a middle of the pack team and you're trying to get above maybe it's a fifth or sixth round pick yeah i think the best strategy for that is i would try to get him in a deal if i don't have him on my roster already and i'm making some trades i would try to get him in a deal where he is not the centerpiece not necessarily just a throw in but the focal point of the trade is elsewhere right a different position entirely and you're a contender and you want to take a shot um, for a year with DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's the best sort of the best case scenario there. I don't like trading top three or four round draft picks. Uh, you know, I consider those some pretty important investments. So that's, that would be the play that I, that I would go for because the one thing that's sort of a saving grace, if you will, is that receiver is a deep position in the in the NFL and in this platform, right? There's lots of good ones. We talked a couple episodes ago about how positions like guard, that's not the case. If you have a good one, hold on to it because you cannot easily replace a player like that. At receiver, there are a lot of good options, a lot of good options. So if you feel that DeAndre Hopkins, if he's healthy, is still the DeAndre Hopkins of old that we're used to, which is a top you know, seven or eight receiver, even if it's just for another year, and you you want to go chase that then okay fine because you do have sort of the the knowledge that receiver is a deep position and you can replace that next year much easier than you can some other positions in the platform yeah just for context right so we just completed our rookie draft and i was the 10th pick of the draft and in round three i got miles murphy so you were saying that if you're trading a third round pick you're trading a player at the caliber of miles murphy who has, again, is in a great situation. He's on the on the Bengals. Uh, he's an important position at edge rusher. He was a first-round pick. And you're trading that away for what probably is one or two startable years with probably a lot of games missed 
at a at a maybe a slightly lesser position at wide receiver. And then just for uh, additional context, at pick seven two seventh round pick, I was able to get Tank Dell. Right. So would I rather have the roster spot be spent on a Tank Dell? who is, you know, a promising young receiver in a good situation with a quarterback that seems to really like him or would I rather have Hopkins? And again, I'm a, I'm a competitive team. I came in, I, I, I won the league. I still think I'd probably rather have the seventh round pick and tank Dell as my roster spot than Deandre Hopkins. You might disagree. You might take a different approach, but I think it also depends on what your strengths and weaknesses are. If you have a gaping hole at receiver um, pause gaping hole, um, you know, <laughs> I would, I would maybe then go and make that trade for Hopkins. But if you feel like you have some depth there, go get tank Dell in the seventh round. There will be a tank Dell next year in next year's draft class too. Just, just saying. Exactly. So with that, uh, let's talk about some rookies. So, uh, as per, I've been following the legit football kind of emails that we get every day. They're, they're awesome. So if you haven't yet, Go sign up to Legit Football. They're completely free. It's a daily news article you get in the morning. And again, it's awesome. I read it every single day. You know, you got your morning bathroom time, pull up the Legit Football article, scroll through it. It's a great read. So every day they've been talking about some of the rookies and it's pretty fun, right? So you're, you're, you're hearing these rumors and I'll start off with Bryce Young. Basically everything I've seen about Bryce Young is he's a genius. Too early to, to, to buy in, Ray, or are you starting to think, man, Bryce Young's going to be a good player in the league? No, I've been saying that forever. You're the one who's like, ah, I like CJ Stroud more. No, I'm, I've been on Bryce Young the, the whole way. He's, like I said, three inches taller, which is like, okay, that's kind of a big deal. But if, if he was three inches taller, he's, he would be a unicorn quarterback prospect. So yeah, I, I'm all in. I'm not surprised by it. Um, again, it, it's just how much will the situation around him sort of, drag things down and sort of slow down his, his progress. Because outside of that, I think he's got everything it takes to be wildly successful in this league. Yeah. And I, I like CJ Stroud and I like Bryce Young. Like it's, I like CJ Stroud maybe a little more, but that's saying that I think both of them are like high level starting yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. So just, just you a little run for office. Yeah. You should run for office. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bryce Young genius. I guess he's doing really well. Uh, you you got to like that coaching staff too, right? Like this is a coaching staff with a ton of experience, knows what it's doing. They've Frank Reich, when he was in Indy, since, you know, Andrew Luck was there, like he hasn't had anybody like Bryce Young in the building. So really excited to see what he does with that guy. The next thing, uh, Anthony Richardson. So the Colts are already saying that they plan on starting him to start the season and that he is much further along than people were talking about during the process, even myself, right? Like I saw a lot of his college tape. And a lot of it was rough. Like, I'll be the first to say it. Um, do we think that he's going to be all right? Is he going to be able to step in, start, and be a decent quarterback? Or are we, are we thinking he's going to go in there and it's going to be pretty rough? So I like that the Colts are not doing the the nonsensical song and dance of saying, oh, no, we plan on starting, you know, insert 34-year-old bridge quarterback that nobody thinks is actually good as our starter week one instead of the rookie. They're not – they're they're – just sort of bypassing that whole nonsensical thing here and saying, we believe in, in Anthony Richardson, he's going to be our guy. So I like that. Um, I am still a little cautious about these reports because you can be great on, on the whiteboard and sort of in the walkthroughs and how things look, uh, you know, again, when it's scripted and in that practice sort of environment, but when the bullets are flying in game, are those snap decisions being made properly, correctly, consistently as they should? What we saw in Richardson's tape in college was that that wasn't always the case. He would have the crazy good highs and then there would be a inconsistent accuracy or some missed windows or just late windows uh, for him to throw to where uh, he wouldn't make the decision quick enough to get rid of the ball. And then, you know, that's where his athleticism would come into play and he would kind of improvise and sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. So, um, it's encouraging that, yes, he's showing uh, positive signs as it relates to grasping the offense and decision-making and all that now. But given what we saw on tape from Richardson in college, there's still that little bit of, okay, let me wait and see how it actually pans out in-game because that is a different level. Let's talk about this for a second because I don't think I ever picked your brain about this. And hmm. it is going to be a huge part of Richardson's development. 
So they went and got Shane Steichen uh, as the head coach. He's a guy that we know, uh, you know, helped with the bringing along Justin Herbert. Then he goes to the Eagles as offensive coordinator, helped, you know, kind of transform Jalen Hurts and bring him to where he was. Uh, he's now a head coach. And that's a that's a quick come up, right? Like that's a real quick come up for Shane Steichen. We saw kind of Nathaniel Hackett last year as like this, like this head coach, uh, this offensive coordinator turned head coach with this like massive offense and massive responsibility. Just do an awful job of it, right? Where where is Shane Steichen going to fall in this uh, this coaching carousel? <laughs> yeah, the, those are two really really stark difference. You, you know, that's like is he going to be really bad? Is he going to be really good? I I don't. I, I'm not entirely sure. I think the thing about Steichen is that when you reference his successes, right? they're all kind of in the same mold. Herbert, not quite as mobile as someone like, like, like Hertz, for example. Right. But he's got athleticism. He can move. He's got the size. He's a threat on the ground. If you don't account for it. Um, Jalen hurts his ascension, his growth. I mentioned a couple episodes ago, while I'm not as big as fan, he no doubt has improved probably more so than any other quarterback in the league since he's joined the league uh, as a passer. So, I do think a big part of that was the ability to build off of the threat of uh, his legs first, which allowed then the offense to open other things up to make it easier through the air as that quarterback is developing, which I assume is the blueprint for Anthony Richardson also, not just because of what he brings to the table, but also just that running game and style and philosophy overall, the way that roster is built in Indianapolis. So I think by following that blueprint, there's a better chance of success than uh, someone like Hackett where it's like, okay, yeah, here's all these weapons. And then here's, uh, you know, here's this quarterback, just, just go for it. Right. It might not necessarily have been his DNA. Whereas you can see how Steichen is, is staying true to his DNA and his priors as a coach. It's not a deviance from what he's been doing all these years. So that gives me more optimism that, you know, there's a bigger chance for success there than what you've seen from other offensive minds or quarterback gurus, you know, the guys that get billed as such that then get that big plate of responsibility. And then you realize, Hey, there's way more to being a head coach than, than just working with the quarterback. And you kind of see that pan out on Sundays. Um, if there was some sort of bet in Vegas, I'm not sure I would put big money on either or, but that's more so because of how I see the boomer bust potential of Anthony Richardson just coming into the league regardless of where he goes. But given the style of, of Steichen's uh, previous successes, it is a good fit for Richardson's development if he is going to be successful. Sure. So I'll, I'll run a scenario by you. You tell me if you think this could be close to what's going to happen. I, I could see a last-year Bears-style team where you know maybe it's a slow start, but then you start seeing Anthony Richardson doing some stuff that's that that's going to make some headlines, right? It's going to be exciting. Maybe they win a couple games, um, and the offense starts looking explosive. But the team overall is just, you know, it's just not a great team. Maybe it's a three three win team, but but you're bought into this being like, okay, I see enough promise here where I want to buy into the future of this team. Like that's that's kind of where I think it's going to end up going. I, I ah, I'm I'm a little higher on them than that. I think they can get to six wins. I think that's a six wow. win team. Um, yeah, I, is that I think just because th- they play the Falcons and and uh, <laughs> what's the other team? I, I don't know. I don't know. They're not. Now you're gonna make me look it up. But um, yeah, I, I think the pieces are there that are better than. I mean, the Bears. I feel like the 2022 Chicago Bears. About 28 percent of that roster. Random number thrown out there. 28, 30% of that roster was borderline NFL players. Right. I think the Colts are a step up from that just in totality overall. So okay. I think their floor is higher. Um, I think stylistically, yeah, I think there's going to be some some mistakes and growing pains that cost them games that they otherwise could win early on. And then late in the year, like you mentioned, the flashes start to show. You start to see some of the upside from Richardson shine through. And it gets people excited for the future to say, okay, can he build on that? Or is this just who he is? Um, 
and that'll be the discussion in 2024. But I just think with that sort of trajectory, I just think the, the, the baseline there is more like five or six wins as opposed to three or four. Okay. All right. Yeah. Falcons, Texans, right. Those are the teams with like young and experienced quarterbacks as well. So they do have some winnable games. It'll, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, the next guy, the next rookie I want to talk about is Sam Laporta, who reports are coming out that he is the best player on the field when he is on the field at these, this early camp where the starters aren't really, you know, in there yet. Right. So pretty exciting considering he was what the third tight end off the board or something like that. Right. So um, not necessarily the the highest rated prospect going in, but a guy that you really liked, right? So tell me what you think about him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I Iowa tight ends are just they're just good. <laughs> they just they just crank him out and they do really well at that position. Now I don't think he's TJ Hawkinson. I was always very high on TJ Hawkinson, but I think he's a an upper middle class. TJ Hawkinson, which is still really good. He's certainly not a poor man. It's TJ Hawkinson. Um, he fills the need there. The offense is prolific. They know how to put up yards and points. And I think he fits right into that. Um, Dan Campbell, a former tight end himself, a former badass blocking tight end himself, is going to really round out that part of Laporta's game, I would have to imagine. So it's a good landing spot overall for Laporta. Um, and while the spotlight, the focus, will all be on sort of Jameer Gibbs in that draft class. I think Laporte is going to be sort of the quiet stud, if you will, that uh, people should be talking about more often. Especially in all 22. So, you know, Gibbs is playing at a less valuable position at running back. Uh, You know, I know you don't have concerns about this, but I have concerns that there will be weeks where his snap count is borderline starting level running back. I don't necessarily want to deal with that, but I think, yeah, they invested a lot in him. He'll get his time. But Laporta might not be the traditional fantasy tight end that you want to draft because of, yes, he's a good pass catcher, but he's also a really good blocker. And they're going to use him as a blocker uh, quite a bit. But in all 22, that's extremely valuable, right? Like that's something you want to go get. So uh, definitely if you are looking for a tight end in all 22, the early reports are Sam Laporta might be one of the the guys that you want to target early on. Uh, And then I think the last guy that I saw kind of a lot of news about was Lucas Van Ness on the Packers, who... You know, we've bashed a little bit on this podcast. We bashed the Packers taking him a little bit on this podcast, but he's been impressive. They said that, you know, he was making plays left and right, really instinctual player. The Packers don't have their starting offensive line out there yet. So the guys he's going against are definitely not top of the class offensive linemen. But they said what was really standing out is just the instinctualness of his play, uh, not falling for bootlegs, right? Just putting himself in position to make plays left and right. Uh, So, I'm excited about that, but uh, what do you think? You know, is there is there a little bit of promise here on a guy like Lucas Van Ness at a very valuable position of edge, or if he transitions to defensive interior? I think if he's looking good in the rookie mini camps or OTAs, maybe it's just Sean Clifford being on the <laughs> other side of the ball that just makes all the defenders look really good. It could be that. Um, no, I mean, it could be, I could, you know, I could end up being wrong about Lucas Van Ness. Um, I, I think what, what's interesting about that is I never would have pegged him as the type of player to shine in an off season type of setting like this, because it's not necessarily the, the athletic twitched up type that, that really sort of shines before the pads come on. So if he does look good in a setting like this, it's encouraging, but it's still early. Yeah. And I think the other thing that was the reason I was kind of surprised is Packers players typically take a little bit of time to really uh, kind of fit the shoes that of their draft position. You know, you got like Kenny Clark, like Rashawn Gary, it takes a couple of years before those guys make an impact. So a little bit surprising on my end to see Lucas Van Ness already, you know, looking, looking like a starter. Is there anybody else that you wanted to mention? I don't know if you saw anything that I didn't. Those were, those were the big ones actually that, that really stood out. Um, Especially in particular, I did see the Laporta news and was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's a really good fit there." Um, you know, I got I plug my guy Mozzie Smith and say he's you know looking really good and in shape and carries his weight really well. Yeah, great. That's also off season talk. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't want to don't want to uh, what did Bill Parcells say? Bring out the anointing oil just yet on these young guys. It is still May. It's still very early, but um, 
again, it's it's still football in May, right? There's a there's a ball on the field and they're running through drills and one on ones and reps and things like that. So it's you know we're we're going to talk about it and analyze every every single aspect of it and overanalyze every single aspect of it. But um, yeah, if you have encouraging news that comes out about certain rookies, rookies that you were high on in the draft, or maybe that your favorite team drafted or that you're looking at for your all 22 team, because you have a need at a certain position and based on your draft, uh, your draft selection, they might be sort of on your radar and, and um, you know, in play for you to pick, take it for what it is. And um, just don't, I guess what I'll say is don't throw away everything you thought about a player just because of a few reports that come out in May. Sure. But you know, good again, or bad. But again, you asked for a present for Christmas. You waited all these months to, for Christmas morning. You unwrapped the gift, and it's exactly what you wanted, right? Have some time to enjoy the toy, right? Like, it, read the articles, enjoy it, get excited, allow yourself to get excited because that's you know that's what we've been waiting for is to see these guys start to do the stuff that they're starting to do. So it's awesome. Love seeing it, uh, and I think that's all we had for today. Is there anything else you had, Ray? That's it. Again, I said it before, but uh, really awesome to see the response to the launch again from last week. Uh, it's it's super humbling. It's incredible. It's awesome to see to see so many people excited to finally sort of get their hands on the platform, get in there, uh, join a league, and already have people you know filling up the league chat saying, "Okay, hey, so when are we drafting now?" Like I'm like, "All right, slow down." I'm it's it's, it's I'm eating like you know burgers and hot dogs right now on the grill. <laughs> we'll deal with that next week. But um, yeah, the response is super humbling. A lot of work goes into this and uh, just to see the response is, is awesome. So thank you all who are listening and who tune in and follow along uh, on all your platforms. It's just awesome to see. Share that, share that coupon code again, right? Because if you haven't yet, we want you to come in and sign up and we want you to use the season two promo code that we have, right? And that gives you $40 off 80% off of that first year of all 22 membership. So get in there and do it. That's why we have it. We want to get you in here. Even if you are a little bit excited, get in here, right? It's 10 bucks. I, sh I bet you, you spend more than that on coffee in a week. So hopefully, uh, you know, you're excited enough to go in here and, and trust us for a year, try it out and, and let us prove that this is, you know, the best platform that exists uh, for, for the people like us that want to be GMs one day. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please give us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, again, five stars really helps, right? We want, we want people to see this. We want people to get engaged. So give us that five-star review, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast and then give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all 22 underscore PFF. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy MDW.